You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. This program is proudly supported by Kiama Community College. There's something for everyone, from nationally accredited career courses to seniors' computing, languages, and lifestyle programs. Welcome to KCR Features, where you can hear what the locals are up to. The Berry Writers' Festival is coming up on 21st to 23rd of October in Berry, but you probably already know that because everybody seems to be talking about it. Candy Anderson spoke to Suzanne Burden, founder and artistic director of the festival, about what we can expect on the weekend. Suzanne is also one of the original members of Kiama Community Radio. This morning I'm chatting with Suzanne Burden, founder and artistic director of the inaugural Berry Writers' Festival, which runs for three days from Friday the 21st till Sunday the 23rd of October. Suzanne, who lives in Jeroa, is a sociologist, researcher and published author and therefore eminently qualified to organise such a fantastic wide-ranging event. I feel immensely privileged to have the opportunity to talk to Suzanne about this upcoming festival and also about her own work. Good morning, Suzanne, and thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us today at Kiama Community Radio. Hi, Candy. It's a real pleasure. Suzanne, can you start by giving us some background to this inaugural Berry Writers Festival and how you became involved? Sure. Well, we've been coming down to the South Coast for seven or eight years because I have a daughter who lives in Berry and to see the grandchildren, see the family. And then just as COVID hit, we had sold our house in Sydney, so we moved down here permanently and we've been down here for a couple of years. And right from the beginning, from seven years ago, when I first sort of walked into Berry, I thought, wow, this would be an amazing place for a writer's festival. It has all the ingredients. It's a small, beautiful little community. You know, the, the, the population is very invested in the arts and culture and it's a place where you can feel connected and engaged when you're at a function, at a festival here. I'm a bit of a writer's festival junkie. And my favourite festival of all times was the Sydney Writers' Festival when it was at the Wharf. And the thing I loved particularly about that was the sense of engagement that you got with all the other participants of the festival, as, as well as the authors. And all the research about Writers' Festival says that one of the main pleasures of the Writers' Festival, apart from actually hearing the speakers, is in engaging with other readers and writers and, you know, discussing what you've heard and having that wonderful sense of community, which is, is lovely. And I thought, well, this is it. You know, Berry is perfect. And there and then I took out the, uh, you know, the internet <laughs> names for it and it sort of never happened. And then when COVID hit and everybody had more time, ironically, I thought, well, you know, I wonder if this will be a go. And I talked to a couple of people and I got overwhelmed by enthusiasm. Everybody was saying, like, well, of course there should be a writer's festival in Berry. Why haven't we thought of this before? You know, and it just took off of its own accord. And because of that enthusiasm, which has buoyed us along, even having to cancel it because of COVID last year, it still, you know, moved along and we've carried on. And because of that cancellation, which was almost like a dry run, um, it's got bigger and better. 
actually huge. I'm completely overwhelmed, actually, by the size of it and, and how much we've been able to cram into these three days. Yes, I, I see from the website and the social media pages that you've got more than 40 writers presenting workshops over the three-day event. It, it looks like a huge and varied lineup, including the opening address by best-selling author and scientist Tim Flannery. Mm. I see, yeah, I see that Jane Cairo, Hugh Mackay, Delia Falconer, Louise Larkin, Julia Bed, and Rick Morton are amongst the other well-known writers on the program. Uh, can you tell us some of the other big names featuring the festival and about the process of getting them on board? Was was it challenging to get them on board? It was not in the least bit challenging. Somehow the um, the zeitgeist that surrounds Berry, we only had to say to even the big name authors, "Would you like to come to a writers' festival in Berry?" And they said, "Oh yes, please." <laughs> <laughs> Because that was just lovely. I do have to give your listeners a note that um, Julia Baird is no longer coming, unfortunately. Oh, okay, um, right. Yes, yeah, she's sick and she posted on her website today she's cancelling everything from now to Christmas at least while she undergoes some medical treatment. So it's very sad. But everybody else is fine. We have, you know, it depends what you mean by big names. There's names, some names that lots of people would have heard of and some that won't. Anita Heiss is a very well-known First Nations author, won loads and loads of awards and her books are absolutely bestsellers. There's Omar Saka, Nigel Featherstone. We have Jacqueline Maley, who's uh, a writer and a Sydney Morning Herald columnist. We have Peter Harcher, Gary Quinlan, who's an ex-ambassador to Indonesia, Raina McIntyre, who a lot of people would have heard talking about COVID. She's an epidemiologist. We have the wonderful Keridwin Dovey, who's written a lovely book on early motherhood in collaboration with an actress, friend of hers, and a singer-songwriter. And if you go to her session, you will actually hear the song sung, which will be, I think, is an amazing treat. <laughs> yes, it's um, just, uh, I understand there are some local names amongst the writers who are presenting. Who are they and what will they be talking about? Well, one of them is a lady called Danielle Sinelage, who lives in Bolton Vale. She's a wonderfully interesting person. She's a philosopher and she wrote a book called Summertime, which was about the bushfire down here and its impact on the animals and on her property. But she's joined by a guy called Jeremy Gans, who's coming up from Melbourne, who has written a, a lovely book called Guilty Pigs, which is all about animal history and animal law. And she's also joined by another guy called Ian Kalman, who has written a book about human-animal captivity. And it's a marvellously varied session about animals in all sorts of shapes and forms. And Danielle has taken upon herself to sponsor that session because it's dedicated to a guy called Anthony Bennett who died this year and was an enormously popular local vet. He was actually the star of the TV show, which some of you might have seen, called Berry Vets. Yes. Yes, Yes. and he died this year. And so that session is dedicated to him, which is a lovely session. And I think it will be fascinating, amusing and interesting. So, you know, that's a really good session to go to. There's Keridwin's session. We have a... We have a session on poetry, which features a couple of local or colloquial poets, Mark Trudenic, who lives in Kangaroo Valley, 
Julie Johnson and Omar Saka, who is also a poet, and I think will be a wonderful session. You know, if you if you like poetry or if you're in the slightest bit interested in poetry, I say this modestly because I'm moderating that session myself. <laughs> and I've called it Poets of the Unacknowledged Legisl- Legislators of the World, which is a quote from the poet Percy Bysshe Shelley, who wrote um, an article in defence of poetry. And I, I think it's so true. You know, the power of poetry to influence our beliefs and our behaviour is still so important, even though it might show itself these days in completely different ways. You know, there's not just the written word, there's song, there's all sorts of other ways that poetry influences us. Absolutely. is an Arab-Arabian writer and a poet, and Julie Jansen is a First Nations Aboriginal poet. Mm. So it's a very diverse group of people. Yes. Their ideas about, you know, how poetry works and influences us will be fascinating. I'm really looking forward to it. We've got, we've got a session on democracy and we were going to have Scott Ludlam, who actually is the other person who can't make it to the festival for personal reasons. But instead we have Simon Holmes Court, who I think is a very interesting, maybe slightly controversial figure. He's the guy who backed the Teal candidates in the recent election. And we have Kate Fullagar and uh, an Aboriginal academic called Teela Reid. So that will be a fascinating. We have Jane Caro and Maria Nicholson on How Far Is Too Far. Both those books sort of mm. challenge the way we think about ourselves and how society runs and what we can do about it and how powerless we are. Susan, um, is, does the Writers' Festival have any one overriding theme or just no, very, it, it, no? it doesn't have an overriding theme. A lot of festivals do. And usually when you see an overriding theme, you can see how everything's been sort of slightly manipulated in order to try and fit into the theme. It's not The themes usually aren't there to begin with. The, the themes come later. And I, I think that's a little bit, I guess, fractured, manipulated in terms of, of how one views the festival. I think the wonderful thing about our festival is it doesn't matter what your interests are, you can find something that will interest you, that will tick your boxes. You know, we've got history, we've got David Dufty writing a book on Ned Kelly and, and you know, we've got all sorts mm. of We've got um, modern fiction, contemporary fiction with three terrific authors, two of whom are local, who've written you know, great books on contemporary issues. We've got uh, Lisa Heidecker, Tori Hashka and L.A. Larkin. And they've got a heading called The Escapist Joy of Fiction and it's about how writers fuel our imagination and that one's very interesting because, you know, in recent times during COVID, a lot of the research has come out and say, is saying this is the sort of writing that people are turning to in order to give themselves some sort of hope for the future, some sort of cheerfulness. They are talking about that, about you know why their novels have been important in maintaining well-being during the pandemic. So that's, I think, another very, very interesting sort of scene. Yes. We've got Rick Morton, um, yes. who is a, usually a guest on the drum and he's just written a, a, a lovely book on growing up in country Australia, which incorporates a lot of different authors and ideas about what it is like to grow up in country Australia, and that's called The Places We Call Home. 
you know, it's it's such a varied program, and I think that's what people appreciate. And you have to remember, this was in essence a startup. So, I mean, although we started it last year and we restarted it this year, we're all novices. I'm a novice. I'm a complete novice when it comes to doing a festival like this. And we really, to begin with, had no idea how it was going to go. And we had a budget and, you know, we were always terrified (laughs) that we were going to make the budget. There's lots and lots of things to pay for. And we've been primarily funded by private donation, by sponsorship. We had a small grant from Shoalhaven Council, but apart from that, we've had no public funds. So when the first early bird tickets went on sale, there was huge trepidation and we were stunned. In about five days, almost all of those early bird tickets went. It's very, it was a great relief to us and it's very heartwarming to see how much the community, both locally and further afield, because a lot of our purchases and audience members are coming from, you know, Canberra, Sydney and around the region and how people have taken on board what they can get out of the festival and I think that is partly because there is such variety you know if if you try and funnel it too much into specific topics or feelings then I think there's less chance that you're going to find something that you want I think on our program everybody can find something that they want. Will people uh, attending the festival have the chance to interact with the writers outside the formal presentations? We have, a, we have a hub, which is another thing that I used to love about the Sydney Writers Festival is that sense of having that lovely space where you can go and have a coffee after the event. You can sit and talk to them, you know, maybe a new friend you've made who was sitting in a seat next to you and, you know, discuss it. And So behind the Berry School of Arts, which is the main venue, there is a, a large open space and in there we've got food vendors, we've got tables and chairs. So you can go out, you can sit there and you can talk to people about what you've heard and potentially to the authors. There's also a couple of other opportunities. There's the opening ceremony, which a lot of the authors are attending, although that is just about sold out. But there is also on Saturday night, we have a thing that we've called Hang Out at the Pub, where you can you can go, you don't have to book. There is no food or anything provided, clearly you buy your own. But a lot of the authors are going to that because a lot of them are staying overnight on the Saturday night, so they're coming down to the pub. So that will be a chance to interact with the authors. And that one, we've also styled it as a tribute to Frank Morehouse, who was a local identity. He grew up in Nara and is seen as a great son of the South Coast. And so at that function, we will be giving some things that are a tribute to Frank Morehouse. I think I think possibly Julie Jansen is also launching her new book at that event too. So that will be a good time to come and potentially meet up with some of the authors on that night. We also have workshops on the Friday. I think there are still a few tickets available to some of them. And we've got everything you always wanted to know about publishing. That's sold out. Poetry. Lovely young poet called Ivy Island is giving a very interesting workshop called Drawing Down the Muse about how you actually write poetry, how you think about poetry, which is very inspiring. We have a Writing for Children masterclass. Only two tickets left for that, folks. There's Research for Writers and there's so you want to write a novel, a hands-on workshop given by Lisa Heidecker, who's also one of our presenters. So there's all that still as well available. So really, I mean, I think the main message is that if you feel you'd like to be part of it, it's just to jump on and get grab whatever tickets are still available because, you know, they're still selling. We're still selling now. There's only a couple of weeks to go. So, yes, I can um, 
corroborate that because I had a look at the program, what was still available, and tickets are certainly selling fast. A couple mm. that I might have been interested in um, are already sold out. Mm. Uh, so, yes, Sorry about that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. And the good um, news for us is we're well over our break-even point, so we're, we're financially sound as a festival, which is good for ongoing festivals. Yes, that sounds like you will be already planning another one. In On that theme, I was wondering, um, clearly there are many community members involved in getting this festival off the ground. Mm. Uh, can you, did you want to just mention who the main players have been? Uh, yeah, have been yes, involved? well, we have, a, we have a committee, which is the sort of the managing committee. That's uh, Liz Parnell, who's a local solicitor, mm. Barry, Mary Canane, who's has lived in Bury for quite a long time, and she and I are the ones who've been working primarily on the artistic content. I couldn't have done it without these people. And Stephanie Kemp, who's the treasurer. Krista Wood, who's done the due diligent things that, you know, you have to do for a festival, which, to be honest, you know, I hadn't even really contemplated when we started, and without these people it really wouldn't have happened. Um, We have Janet Brentnell, who a lot of local people will know, who runs the community library in Bury, who's been a a stalwart of our panel, and Janet Wood, who's on the panel as well, and Colleen Fry, who came on board to manage the actual event, the day, which is a massive job to coordinate all the volunteers. And apart from that, we have about 80 or 90 volunteers who are doing all, all sorts of jobs. Yes. Kiama Community Radio, streaming at kcr.org.au. From a practical point of view, mm. I see the sessions are spread over three venues, the Berry School of Arts, Scots Church Hall, the Uniting Church Hall. How close are these venues? Is, is it possible to just walk from one to the other? Or? Oh, God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And the biggest venue is the Berry School of Arts, and that's where the, um, the hub is behind with the food venues. Right next to that is the Scots Hall. So on Saturday, those two venues are the main venues for speakers. Then there is also the Uniting Hall, which is, you know, you just sort of cross over the road and go through the shops and at the back there is the Uniting Hall. We'll have big signs up saying where it is. On the Saturday, that will be home to something that we've called Lola, Love Our Local Authors. And in that hall, there are going to be half a dozen local authors between 10 and 12 and another half dozen between one and three who are not on the main program but have published books and they live locally and they are going to be in that hall and you will be able to talk to them they'll have their own table with their books there for sale and enjoy getting to know them in a a very casual way no tickets are required for that that's on the Saturday then on on the Sunday there will be got the School of Arts again and the Uniting Hall will then also be a main venue for some of the speakers. So they are the venues. Yes. I just wanted to sort of, I guess, emphasise that for anyone listening, worried about accessibility and things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and there, there are disabled toilets at both at all the venues and disabled access. So, you know, it's very, it's very easy. Suzanne, before we finish up, I feel we really need to recognise your own work as a published writer of both a poetry collection and a non-fiction book about the life of Mary Shelley entitled Almost Invincible, a biography of Mary Shelley, author of Frankenstein. 
Will you be doing a presentation about your own work at the Berry Writers Festival? Not not, not at the festival because it's, I mean, I did that quite a while ago now. It's about 10 years and it's sort of a bit old for a writers' festival, ideally. You know, there is the local connection, of course, very tenuous, but with with the Wollstonecraft connection because her mother was Mary Wollstonecraft and her uncle was Edward Wollstonecraft, whose wife married Alexander Berry. But I... I have been doing quite a few book club presentations recently and I do enjoy talking about my Mary because she's a wonderful woman and she also had a very scandalous life. When I'm doing presentations about the book, I say that there were more scandals in her life than several seasons of Desperate Housewives. And what she achieved in terms of writing Frankenstein when she was only 18 is just amazing because it, Frankenstein itself is a very complex book, much more complex than you know, people understand from the Hollywood take on it. There is so much in it of philosophy and science and they were very involved in all those sorts of issues of the day. Uh, Suzanne, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about the Berry Writers Festival? Um, Really just, just come, just come to whatever you can because I think one of the joys for me as well with the Writers Festivals, as I said, I'm a bit of a Writer Festival junkie over the years, is that even if the things you want are sold out and you have to go to something that you think you weren't particularly interested in, that's when you come across hidden gems. That's when you come across people that you would never have thought of reading and what they say fascinates you and gives you pause for thought. Is that joy of discovery, is, which is really also part of the, the wonder of the Writers' Festival. Suzanne, thank you for chatting to me and to our Climate Community Radio listeners today. And a huge thank you for all your work in organising this first Berry Writers Festival. In fact, we're grateful to all the community members who worked with you to bring the project to fruition. Which reminds me, for our listeners, for more information about the festival or to purchase tickets, just visit the website, berrywritersfestival.com.au. You'll need to be quick, though. Thanks, Suzanne. Thank you. Thank you, Candy. KCR.org.au Local radio, local people. Kaima Community Radio produced a more detailed podcast about Suzanne's book, Almost Invincible, about Mary Shelley. And you can hear that by going to the website, kaimacommunityradio.org, and searching in the podcast section for Mary Shelley. If you're interested in the Berry Writers' Festival... Make sure you get online quick smart to secure your tickets or just go to Berry on the weekend, soak up the atmosphere and see what you can see. It promises to be a fun weekend in the beautiful surroundings of Berry, just down the road. For more KCR features, check out our catalogue of KCR podcasts at kcr.org. This program was proudly brought to you by Kiama Community College. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.